Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Triangles Meditation Group. Today is July 10th, 2023. And as we do each week, let's begin with a brief moment of silence, followed by a sounding of the mantra on your screen, sometimes known as the noontime recollection. We know, O Lord of life and love, about the need. Touch our hearts anew with love, that we too may love and give. So we're moving now through the period of the outbreathing of the energies which have been abundantly contacted during the three spiritual festivals, the higher interlude period. So in this cycles of the breath, now we move through outpouring. These energies are distributed far and wide through the ethers. And as triangles workers who work with etheric substance, we can contribute towards this outpouring. And as you know, the purpose of our webinars each week is to introduce this work of triangles to people who are new to it. So if you are new to this planetary service, welcome. And we hope that you will find it a valuable activity to add to your daily lives. And if you'd like to form a triangle, you can reach out through the chat here, or later you can raise your hand. And two other people on the webinar will surely agree to form a webinar with you. It should be known at the outset that it's a, it's a responsibility. Um, if you choose to do so, to the fullest extent, uh, it's a lifetime commitment. And you it's a daily lifetime commitment. So it's working with a visualization technique that uses the power of thought and prayer to uplift planetary consciousness. So we're really uh, a rather revolutionary group. We believe that through the power of our collective thought, day in and day out, we can actually contribute towards the transformation of our planet eventually over the long time, over many, many years, um, transforming our planet from its present condition of non-sacredness, um, wherein the personality controls and a network, a th an etheric network configured of squares is in existence. But we're working our way towards the realization of our planet as a sacred planet, a planet whose etheric body is surrounded by a network of triangles, a symbol of the soul. So we can all help in this through our daily work of linking with two other people, visualizing a golden triangle of light, linking the three of you together. And then as this network that you're part of, this global network of thousands and thousands of triangles throughout the world is visualized, we sound the great invocation, world prayer, which is a perfect vehicle for the uh, distribution of the energies of light and goodwill, which can find resonance in all those members of the human family whose minds and hearts are open to spiritual stimulation when it's released into the atmosphere. And so we just have a couple of announcements before we begin our work. Today we have as our special guest, Teresa Keist. She is a student of the ancient wisdom through the school of practical philosophy, Vedic scriptures, and Buddhist teachings. And she hails from New Zealand and Australia before moving to the UK, where she studied theosophy and the teachings of Alice Bailey over 17 years ago. 
She's a speaker for the UK Theosophical Society, as well as a writer, yoga, and meditation teacher, therapist, and single mom of four children. Um, so she tries to keep these teachings alive through a practical application in living a spiritual life of service. And Teresa will be speaking with us on the theme of forgiveness after the meditation. And also I'd like to announce that on Friday, this Friday, the Lucis Trust here in New York will be holding our new moon meditation at 6 p.m. And we would like to welcome all of you who can open that space in your schedules to join with us. So now as we do each week, let's begin with a brief visualization. Visualizing the planet as a sphere of lighted energy. And within that sphere, visualize a triangle composed of the three primary planetary centers, Shambhala, planetary head center, the spiritual hierarchy, the planetary heart, and humanity, the planetary throat center. Visualize the circulation of energies flowing in all directions around the triangle from point to point. Merging and blending the points, filling the triangle with light. And now superimpose upon that triangle a five-pointed star. This is the star of the world teacher, linking east and west, past and future, radiating the energies of love wisdom. Now visualize the three spheres of the three planetary centers coming into alignment and forming one sphere, the sphere of the new group of world servers. Visualize this sphere full of unlimited points of light representing the multitude of groups and individuals working along all lines of endeavor. And from the center of this sphere, look down upon the planet Earth and see its light and aspiration points of light throughout the planet. And as a group, we breathe in and visualize the light within humanity being lifted by the group and projected into the spiritual hierarchy. And then in reciprocal response from the higher centers, visualize the light pouring through this projected energy down into the new group and being released through the entire planet. A downpouring stream of light and love pouring throughout the network to all points 
see the planet radiating light and love. See it as a sacred planet. Holding the alignment of the centers, we sound the invocation of light. Radiance we are and power. We stand forever with our hands stretched out, linking the heavens and the earth, the inner world of meaning and the subtle world of glamour. We reach into the light and bring it down to meet the need. We reach into the silent place and bring from thence the gift of understanding. Thus with the light we work and turn the darkness into day. So as I said, after the sharing, Teresa will be uh, sharing on the theme of forgiveness. And I have a few thoughts which will par parallel her own, I'm sure, in many ways. Um, the Tibetan relates this idea of forgiveness to sacrifice, and he sees it as a natural outcome of the touch from Shambhala. And we know there has been quite a number of knockings from Shambhala over the past century. So there's a real stimulation being released. And we can understand how humanity is beginning to be able to come to a deepened understanding of forgiveness from the perspective of its group meaning. So this touch from this highest center of the spiritual will has been evoked by small and sometimes large groups working everywhere. And this has contributed to the growing interrelationship between the planetary centers and a consequent recognition of a growing sense of unification with the whole, a dropping of the lines of demarcation between people and a consequent ability to give for others. For this giving for is how the Tibetan defines the true meaning of forgiveness. The first stanza of the great invocation highlights forgiveness. It views it as the most important quality for humanity to express at this time. The line from that mantra reads, may forgiveness on the part of all men be the keynote at this time. And a keynote here is the note or defining sound of the entire kingdom of humanity. And we know the importance of humanity because there is a statement that says that the keynote of the Lord of the world is humanity, one of the key concepts, humanity itself. So the fact that humanity needs to learn to forgive as a whole, as a large entity, is a key concept, it's a keynote. And when we consider forgiveness from this perspective of giving for others, we understand it as demonstrating concern and a willingness to give those who are suffering, to give to those who are suffering. And there are many suffering in this world. This understanding moves us into a more inclusive perspective, into the realm of the group, a giving for the whole, undertaken on the part of the whole. We give for the casualties of human evil, for we're all responsible for the opening of the door where evil dwells that has occurred since the ending of the last world war. 
Part of our responsibility stems from the fact that quite often we refuse to even recognize evil. It passes underneath our radar. It's subtle and wily. And it is to the casualties of this evil, the important victims and the innocent victims of our time for whom we have to give and protect. We can see therefore why the Tibetan links forgiveness to the Shambhala force and why the Christ is coming <clears throat> to bring a sword and the fire of love. He comes as an embodiment of the highest aspect. And it said he will impart the fire which burns and destroys all barriers in man's nature, all separating walls between individuals, between groups, and between nations. And he asks us, are you prepared as individuals, as disciples, and aspirants to submit yourselves to this fire? We know that as a result of the inpouring light of the new group, we're being charged with the distribution of this light to the whole in preparation for a coming revelation. But before that revelation comes, humanity has to go through and is going through preparatory type of revelation, a burning ground, we might say. And it's the revelation of that which needs to go of all the dross within human nature, within humanity, which is hidden away from sight. It is, however, difficult for men and women to withstand these types of revelations. As Eduardo highlighted last week when discussing Plato's cave analogy, it seems that the unreality of Plato's analogy of the cave is conditioning the life of large numbers of humanity at present. Some call it the condition of mass formation. In the language of the Tibetan, we might say that just as during World War II, the German people, because of their passivity, fell prey to the evil machinations of Hitler, so too at this time, we might say that large numbers of the human kingdom are likewise demonstrating a similar passivity staring at the distorted reflections of reality and thinking it real, contributed to by the dying out of the sixth ray Piscean age. And then the few who do penetrate into a measure of light find themselves often blinded and disoriented, confused and fearful of the light and what it reveals. And then there are those who have worked more fully to free themselves from glamour, in their own lives and are thus able to see the light, see within the light a greater light, which that light reveals. Today, these conditions characterize humanity on a global scale. Those within humanity who are awakening are being aided by those who are learning to dissipate glamour, which surely includes the triangles workers. For the dissipation of glamour, is a technique of freeing oneself and later aiding in freeing humanity from the many fogs and myths of the lower astral and mental realms that hold humanity in thrall and in distraction and misinformation. In the processes of meditation used in this work, the de Tibetan describes one of the stages of the glamour work as follows. This is the stage of direction. And he says this involves the steady pouring of the light under intelligent direction into the dark places of the astral plane, remembering that the light will enable the disciple to do two things. It will enable the person to dissipate the glamour, which is a very satisfying experience but it will also enable the disciple to see the real, a terrifying experience, brother of mine. We might want to ponder why the seeing of the real would be described as a terrifying experience. 
perhaps because this seeing of the real can only occur as one strips away all the protective veils that keep us in the dark. And this is surely challenging, accustoming ourselves to this sense of being completely disarmed from the normal protections. But clearly en route to this seeing of the real, the individual has to become aware of all the unreality that surrounds. The Tibetan goes on to say, this process of recognition, focusing, dissipation, and consequent revelation goes on continually from the time a disciple treads the path of accepted discipleship until the taking of the third initiation. As aspirants on the path, we must take the plunge and leave the known comforts of the cave, pass through the various burning grounds, and grow to increasingly stand the pain of revelation and become in turn a servant of the light, saviors of the little ones. So let's now work in our meditation, integrating ourselves as a group on the mental plane. Holding that point throughout our meditation. Linking in thought as a soul, as a point of love and light with all people throughout the world who are working in this Triangles Meditation Group. Following in the spiritual hierarchy, we sound the affirmation of love. In the center of all love, I stand. From that center, I, the soul, will outward move. From that center, I, the one who serves, will work. May the love of the divine self be shed abroad in my heart, through my group, and throughout the world. Visualization. Using the creative imagination link with two other points of light to create a triangle of light. Visualize the triangle in which you are working as part of the Radiant Worldwide Triangles Network. Hold the consciousness immersed within the light of the group soul, the heart of love which underlies and infuses the network. Now lift the consciousness to the world teacher who stands at the heart of love, at the center of the spiritual hierarchy, and also at the heart of each triangle.
Now holding the alignment between your triangle, the planetary network of triangles, the group soul and the world teacher. Hold the group mind open and receptive to the inpouring energies of love. Precipitation, visualize the energies of love, light, and goodwill circulating in and around the triangle's network from point to point and flowing out through the network into the hearts and minds of people everywhere. Visualize these energies unifying and eliminating all divisions within humanity, healing and transforming human consciousness, and establishing right human relationships. Sound the mantra of unification. The sons of men are one, and I am one with them. I seek to love, not hate. I seek to serve, and not exact due service. I seek to heal, not hurt. Let pain bring due reward of light and love. Let the soul control the outer form and life and all events and bring to light the love that underlies the happenings of the time. Let vision come and insight. Let the future stand revealed. Let inner union demonstrate and outer cleavages be gone. Let love prevail. Let all people love. Visualize the whole planet alight with triangles. See new triangles being formed everywhere. Distribution, sounding the great invocation, silently or aloud. And as we repeat each stanza, let's visualize the network acting as a link between the world of spiritual realities and humanity, and as a channel through which light, love, 
and divine purpose may flow into human consciousness. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Thank you, everyone. And now, Teresa, if you'd like to share your screen. I'll unmute you. If you could unmute. Hi, Teresa. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you. Look forward to your presentation. The power of forgiveness as soul expression. Forgiveness is to act from soul alignment using the spiritual will to overcome a limited personality view of a situation. It is to use the discriminative mind to detach from the power of the emotional desire nature and lift into greater insight and understanding to stand under and realize a greater truth that ultimately sets us free of the emotional attachment associated with the grievance we hold against another. Now let us be clear about what forgiveness is. It is letting go our attachment and identification with a particular personality perspective. Forgiveness does not condone behavior or allow it to go unchecked, unrepented, unacknowledged or address its cause. We are all responsible for our own choices and behaviors, but not those of another. We know the universal law of cause and effect will address any karmic consequences. This includes any reluctance to forgive. However, when we forgive, we open the door that enables the potential for true repentance, healing, and redemption. The Tibetan clarifies, as you know, the word forgiveness is a curious and unusual one and signifies, according to the best derivative sources, simply to give for. Forgiveness is not, therefore, a synonym for pardon, though the word has, word has been distorted in the theological circles to mean this. Forgiveness is sacrifice. And the giving up of oneself, even of one's very life for the sake of others and for the good of the whole group. The spirit of sacrifice is ever found when the Shambhala force is rightly contacted, even in the smallest degree. 
and the underlying impulse behind the loving will of God is sensed and understood. This is from the externalization of the hierarchy. And he goes on to say that manifestation is itself the great forgiveness, such as the note and theme of the entire creative process and is the basic meaning of the phrase, God is love. For love signifies giving and sacrifice, at least in this solar system. So forgiveness is love in action, or love applied wisely, wisdom applied lovingly, and our soul aligned with the second ray of love wisdom, the ray coloring all life in our solar system, and the keynote that defines our evolutionary process. Many will find the compassion and love to forgive another, but they believe they bestow forgiveness upon another, as if to stand in, as judge and jury. True forgiveness is a surrender of our ego through a recognition of our brotherhood and therefore a return to love and unity consciousness. And truth, forgiveness is a beautiful example of soul-directed right action that ultimately sets us free. I witnessed the courage this takes in a YouTube video of a mother who hugs her son's killer and his mother in a US court. As she realizes that revenge will not stop the needless violence and killing, only forgiveness will. She recognized this young man and his family were suffering and that only forgiveness would enable redemption in all of their lives. This was her great sacrifice to give for and a recognition that we are all connected. We honor the amazing work of Sir Desmond Tutu and others in healing the grievances caused by apartheid through the reconciliation tribunals in South Africa. We beheld the powerful ripples of change that freed a nation and was only possible when Nelson Mandela, through inner reflective and meditative work, was able to forgive his captors after 17 years in prison. In forgiving, we witnessed the situation as a soul with understanding from a higher viewpoint, enabling great healing as we surrender our personality, perspective, and lift up into our Buddhic nature. We often see our part in a situation and perhaps understand with compassion why another made the choices they did. Forgiveness is a choice crucial to the integration and coordination of the personality vehicle to enable soul expression. As we let go kernels of resentment, anger, guilt, and shame, we release the associated trapped energies from the Manipura solar plexus chakra and transmute this energy to higher centers. We unlock courage, compassion, and the expression of unconditional love from the Anahata heart center and express these as truth emanating from the Visuddhi throat center. We open to the intuitive Arjuna Center understanding of the situation that reveals a higher soul perspective. We see another made the choices they did because they were suffering. We see our part in it and realize we can end the endless cycle of suffering in a moment of choice to forgive. We are reminded from Esoteric, Esoteric Healing, Volume 4, that all disease is the result of an inhibited soul life. And that is true of all forms in all kingdoms. If unreleased, the trapped energies of resentment and anger will eventually cause dis-ease. For example, depression can be caused by unexpressed anger lodged in the Manipura chakra, depleting the flow of subtle life force energy in the body. When we hold a grievance, it colors our perception of the world. We see through the eyes of intolerance. Grievance, anger, and resentment are all expressions of fear that come from past experiences held in our unconscious mind. Often we hold a grievance or memory, believing this will ensure we don't re-experience the emotional pain again. But holding on to the low vibratory energy of fear causes us great suffering and prevents our natural growth and evolution on our spiritual path. Furthermore, the universal axiom energy follows thought will simply attract further lessons to encourage us to let go of these fears, forgive and return to love. Forgiveness is to shine the light of consciousness on the unredeemed aspects of our unconscious mind. From A Course in Miracles, we know that love is connection and unity with all. 
Fear is simply a feeling of isolation and disconnection, an absence of love. We understand that fear and love cannot coexist in any moment. So when we forgive, we release the fear and return to love and unity consciousness. So forgiveness becomes an expression of unconditional love that ultimately heals, setting us all free. We no longer stand in judgment of another with our limited personality perception and incomplete understanding based on this one lifetime. Instead, we trust our soul's higher wisdom and take responsibility for our right words, thoughts and deeds and relinquish responsibility for those of another. In the words of Desmond Tutu, he said, to forgive is not just to be altruistic. It is the best form of self-interest. It is also a process, process that does not exclude hatred and anger. These emotions are all part of being human. You should never hate yourself for hating others that do terrible things. The depth of your love is shown by the extent of your anger. However, when I talk of forgiveness, I mean the belief that you can come out of the other side a better person, a better person than the one being consumed by anger and hatred. Remaining in that state locks you in a state of victimhood, making you almost dependent on the perpetrator. So how does forgiveness relate to our work in triangles? We know esoterically we are united, unified in consciousness. When we surrender and forgive, this raises our consciousness and therefore the collective consciousness. We express divine love and action, open our altruistic heart center and allow the healing power of love to flow through us. Every triangle is a daily act of will that comes from a love of humanity and an aspiration to altruistic love or service. This is to give for an act of sacrifice, and invites the healing power of love or Christ consciousness to flow through our triangle. Christ, we know, is found at the center of every triangle. During his earthly life, he sought to expand our understanding of forgiveness as an expression of our divinity. The quote, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Luke 23, 34. In triangles, we connect daily to invite this purifying healing energy into our energy field to integrate and uplift our personality, building a rainbow bridge for greater soul expression. Through our triangle and the triangles network, we invoke divine love, light and the will to good into the hearts and minds of humanity. This building the Antakarana or rainbow bridge between the three centers of the great triangle of our planet. Shambhala, where the will of God is known, the head center. Hierarchy, the heart center of divine love. And humanity, the throat center. And forgiving, we open our heart to divine love and invoke our will to come to understand or stand under a greater truth about a situation. The essence of the throat center is to express or communicate truth. Also to open to hear truth. So forgiveness is this divine love channeled through high hierarchy, combined with the divine will of Shambhala expressing his active intelligence on the physical plane through us. Every act of forgiveness strengthens the great triangle of our planet. When we forgive, we surrender, allowing my will be thy will as an expression of goodwill or love and action and the basis for establishing establishment of right relations on our planet. It is the key to unlocking the power of the fourth ray of harmony through conflict and its power to redeem and lift all human consciousness. A powerful example occurred during the Middle East peace experiment initiated by Lynn McTaggart. In November 2017, people united online all over the world with the intention to send loving peaceful energy to a one-day peace event involving hundreds of Israeli Jews gathered in Jerusalem. Nine cameras placed in major Arab cities were beamed into the event. Barriers were broken and profound emotional scenes of forgiveness resulted as Jews and Arabs realized their common humanity. Recently, I read two books by psychiatrist and Holocaust Auschwitz survivor Edith Eager, The Choice and the Gift, in which Edith tells a poignant story of her 50-year journey of forgiveness 
including forgiving herself for surviving. She said, all of the survivors I met had one thing in common. We had no control over the most consuming facts of our lives, but we had the power to determine how we experienced life after trauma. Survivors could continue being victims long after the oppression has ended, or they could learn to thrive. Forgiveness was the key to the choice to be free. So how do we forgive? To forgive, no other person needs to be present or involved, as this is a process of self-realization. Be aware the healing runs backward and forward through our ancestral timeline and thus prevents the grievance and karma embroiling families for generations. And letting go of grievance, there will be emotional pain, but nothing compared to the years of suffering and holding that resentment. Transformative light and love will flood your whole being and you will feel a burden lift. I recommend several books on the spiritual practice of forgiving, including The Gift of Forgiveness by Olivia, Olivia Clerk. And this is based on the ancient Toltec spiritual understanding of the teachings of Don Mikhail Roos. The Hawaiian shamanic Honopono ritual for self-forgiveness is particularly effective and powerful or for a truly comprehensive understanding of forgiveness to Desmond and his daughter Mopo Tutu's book, The Book of Forgiving. All involve redemption through understanding and working in the stillness of a meditative state in touch with the higher self. We seek forgiveness from others as we closed our heart to love and to life. The healing flow of love allows the relinquishment of our position of superiority, self-righteousness and judgment. We forgive those we held responsible and reconnect to love and unity consciousness. Most importantly, we forgive ourselves and resign the judgmental aspect of our lower mind while reconnecting to the loving aspect of our divine nature. As we express gratitude for our growth and understanding and return to love, we allow the light of the Christ consciousness to shine brightly through us out into the world so that we in turn may help others to forgive. To conclude, forgiveness takes great courage and spiritual will. It is a divine act of unconditional love that recognizes our connection to all and is the very real practical application of all we know from ancient wisdom's teachings. It is to be love. And these are the many books and links to videos. Uh, there are many books, but these are a few I have recommended. Thank you. Namaste. Thank you so much, Teresa. That was beautiful and also very practical and giving us these tools and these examples of how to forgive is, is really helpful. Is there any, I hate to put you on the spot, but is there any particular brief um, visualization or meditative practice that you could share with the group? Yes. Um, a very powerful um, one comes from the Hawaiian tradition, the Honopono, and that's where you imagine that um, whoever's involved in a grievance is coming onto a stage and you are seated in the audience. And you bring each person involved onto the stage and you look them in the eye and you, um, you say, you ask for their forgiveness, please forgive me. And then you say, I'm sorry, I love you, thank you. And then you can expand this by saying, I forgive you for not being the person I wanted you to be. And I accept you as the person you are with love. And that person moves to the side of the stage and you bring all the other parties on one by one. And then eventually you bring your younger self, the self you were whenever the event or the grievance happened. You bring them onto the stage. And this is usually the most emotional point where you actually have to ask forgiveness of yourself and forgive yourself. And I've worked with clients through this practice and it is extremely powerful. They will just be crying tears that heal the heart. Mm -hmm. um, and you can find this um, in books and online and in videos, but it is a particularly powerful process that you can learn to do yourself. 
um, but you have to have the courage to go there um, and be ready to forgive. Thank you. Yeah, it sounds also that the um, 12 step program um, involves a lot of taking responsibility for your own actions and, you know, asking, making amends with people. So, yeah, you know, there's a lot of tools out there. Um, I saw a hand that was up, but it's no longer up. Um, let's see if anybody has any questions or comments in the chat that you might like to address. I think I saw one, let's see. Um, someone is, rec Sonia is recommending another book from Dr. Edith Stauffer, Unconditional Love and Forgiveness. You might know that one already. Yeah, I'm aware of that one. That's another good one. There's lots, lots out there. Um, and I think the key, what I found is the Desmond Tutu book um, written with him and his daughter. And obviously he had vast experience working on the reconciliation tribunals and saw some very powerful acts of forgiveness. Yeah. Uh, he talks about that in the book, but he also takes you through the process of forgiveness and he goes that bit deeper than some of the books go. And it's very simple and very practical because forgiveness is, in essence, simple, but hard to do, um, especially to do it with your whole heart. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, you cited the life of Mandela. I mean, he seems to be the most um, global example of the power of forgiveness, you know, mm. it's, and in such a challenging situation for so many years it was but truly... even a lot of the um the revolutionary civil rights movements i'm thinking of um martin luther king or gandhi or these people yeah. who passive resistance do you know they must have had incredible things to forgive and yet they never dropped down to that lower vibratory level they held the position in their heart that enabled those yeah. groups such power yeah, if you've, I don't know if you've ever seen this, the brief talk that Bobby Kennedy Sr. gave right after the assassination of King. And uh, he spoke really eloquently and from his heart about the need for people to forgive because mm -hmm. he said, my brother was also killed and I felt that loss. But now, you know, trying to stave off the violence that could erupt and did erupt as a result of the assassination. I see a bunch of hands here, so let me, um, Ellie, if you'd like to unmute. Hello, what a nice uh, presentation, thank you. Um, I wanted to comment on Ho'oponopono. Um, I've explored this at length, and one of the things that um, really interests me is if you believe that we create our own reality, each one of us, and then collectively, and if you believe in karma, although it may be that our view of it is might be not quite the reality, but still the law of cause and effect, then Ho'oponopono actually allows you to examine, even without knowing, the, the possibility that you may have... Um, caused or done an action that caused um, a response of bad behavior by someone else towards you. So that's where the um, I'm sorry can come in. Mm -hmm. Like, like really just saying, you know, most of the time when bad things happen, people will say, well, I would never do that to myself. I didn't create that reality. But on further examination, you know, could be. You know, we don't yeah. we don't know, but to just to entertain the possibility that somehow you have a cause or a responsibility mm -hmm. in your circumstances and then how you respond to them, it it's um really helps with the forgiving and actually breaking karmic ties. And yes. I know in Ayurveda there's some some uh, similar work where it allows you to actually just finish the karma with somebody. 
Anyway, thank you so much, both of no you. No problem. It's interesting. The Buddhist point of view comes in here where if, say, someone is angry with you and you're feeling a reaction building that comes, you know, from your unconscious mind, um, is to see that person, see someone who is angry as suffering. And as soon as you see someone who is angry as suffering, it invokes compassion and changes your response. And to, to also see your own anger as information that's delving into your unconscious, shining the light of consciousness on something that needs healing. So if your anger is bubbling up at something within you that needs resolving and redeeming, if someone else is angry with something you've done, they're suffering, find out why they're suffering. And suddenly you've got compassion and understanding rather, rather than a reactive conflict. Okay. Um, we have David. Hello, can you hear me? Yes. Okay, thank you. Um, I think it's important, very much important that we also put stress on forgetting ourselves. Mm. This can, if you don't, let in self-hatred, just like the Lord's Prayer says in the Bible. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our, our debtors. Mm. I think this is very important. Thank you. No, thank you. That's that's one of the hardest things to do, actually, is the point where people have to forgive themselves. And this, you know, this is where forgiveness comes in. You might have no grievance with another, but if you're carrying guilt or shame, um, you have to go through the forgiveness process with yourself. And forgiving your younger self with your current self who has greater insight and understanding and has the courage to embrace that. Uh, Suzanne. Hi, Suzanne. Can you unmute? Hi, can you hear me? Yes. yes. Uh, this is one of a major karma um, for me, a mother-daughter relationship. So when I, uh, my daughter hasn't forgiven me uh, for 20 years and haven't spoken to me, so it does not allow me to uh, have communication with my five grandsons and great-grandson. So um, I turned it over, and uh, I will, not my will. I can get it in my own way, you know. And so I've done everything, a lot of methods that you have uh, shared. So when I get aligned, I say, uh, may I, this karma be for her to know my daughter and I, but also for all the other, other daughter relationships. It's a group problem uh, that they also be healed too. So yeah, uh, turning it over, not expecting any results, although my ego wants, yeah. you know, um, yeah. a relationship. I'm working on that almost every day. So whenever I think of my daughter, Send her love and light. Mm. Mm. Maybe one day in this incarnation before I die, we will have a relationship. So it, it's very painful. So very painful. I think the humanity, uh, the hierarchy has given me other opportunities to work uh, on this uh, issue by, you know, being a pastor and sermon and learning all I can about forgiveness intellectually, but then also using that information to also uh, know, send it out and use it, apply it, apply yeah. the wisdom that I have learned to, uh, because it's so personal for me, but also when that I am part of humanity, that it's all for the it's a group energy and the group problem forgiveness and um, individuals and groups and churches and mm. everything that we can think of. So maybe we won't, we can prevent World War Three. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And when you think about it, if, if one person can do that within a family and then a community and then a nation and then between nations, that's how it, that's how it heals, isn't it? Yes, all 8 billion people on Earth. Exactly. And they could be, maybe one day we could become a sacred planet. <laughs> if we Instead looked at a planet of sorrows. Yeah, that would be beautiful. And if we looked at all the conflicts in the world and we're able to forgive all the history of all the conflicts that are currently raging at the moment, there wouldn't be any. Yeah, we're a work in progress. We're getting there yeah. slowly but surely. We will. Thank you. 
Well, we've reached our intended time of ending. So I would just like to extend my gratitude and the gratitude of the group to you, Teresa, for your work and sharing with us today. No problem. Namaste. And uh, we just can take a moment of silence to visualize the planet surrounded by a network of golden triangles. Thank you, everyone.